Now, so in the same vein, in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1, the Bible says to do what? Arise, shine, for the light has come. Now, where we're headed for this month is every promise in that scripture from verses 1 to 22. All of those promises are for us this month. Praise the name of the Lord. But go with me to the book of Judges chapter 7. Judges, not judgment, but judges. Judges chapter 7. Can we read verse 1 together? Then Jerubal, who is called Gideon, and all the people that were with him did what? Rose. You see that? You see they did what? Rose. They rose up early. They rose up early. Hallelujah. Israel is in trouble. Israel is in trouble. So who is rising up early? Gideon and, and what? All the people that with him are rising up early. It's good to rise up early to overcome. It's good to rise up early to possess our possessions. We have seen one demonstration of how Gideon rose up early. And then the Bible says, And then he pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. Now, verse number 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people that are with you are too many. Anybody in the house today? Please shout amen, somebody. It's too quiet here. It's too quiet. The people that are with you are too many. Before now, Gideon asked, God, man, if you're with us, why are all these things happening? Why are we going through this? Why is that that happening? Gideon had to prepare for chapter 7. He had to meet to the Lord. He had to ask his questions. He had to get proofs. He had to understand this is God really sending him. He had to tear down the altars of Baal, even from his father's house. He had to tear everything down. He had to meet to the angel of the Lord. He had to offer sacrifice. He even had to give all of that to prepare. And then when you're ready for battle, God says, the number that you have is too many. It's too many. I'm going to trim everything down. You got too many people with you, and I don't need all these people. There are too many. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? Go with me to chapter 6 of the book of Judges. Chapter 6. <clears throat> book of Judges, chapter 6. <clears throat> if you are with me, shout praise the Lord. Look at verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Seven years. They were in the hands of Midian <clears throat> for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Seven years of suffering. Okay, so the problem was they rebelled against God and God put them under their enemies, the Midianites. Amen. <clears throat> and then it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, look at verse 7, because of the Midianites, 
that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drave them out from before thee, before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord. I've done that for you. This is what I've done for you. Now, that's verses 1 to 10. That's the problem. Now, the next thing that we notice here is that Gideon begins to pray. Verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was an offering that pertained unto Joash Abizrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Where be all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Midianites. The Lord looked upon him and said, see, and the Lord looked upon him and said, in the beginning he said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now he says, the Lord looked upon him. So this angel of the Lord was actually the Lord. Many times <clears throat> when you see angel of the Lord, you got to be careful because that might be the Lord himself. Now it says, and the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my father is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. So, Gideon engages in prayer. First, there's a problem. Next, there's prayer. He meets God. He encounters God. And he says, God, why? Just the questions that we always ask. Lord, why me? Why am I going through this? If you're with me, why are all these things happening? You know? Now, the next thing that we know happens to Gideon is that he has to prepare. He has to pull down altars. He has to tear down stuff. He has to do what God has asked him to do. He has to make a sacrifice unto the Lord. And then finally, after doing all that, he's asking God for proofs. Amen? Number one, the first thing is there's a problem. And his reaction to the problem is prayer. And after prayer, when he encounters God, the next thing he does is what? Preparation. Preparation for miracles. And then, after he's prepared, he's looking for guidance and direction to be sure there's God. And then he's looking for proofs. These are four things that give you victory all the time. There's a problem. You pray. You prepare. Get your proofs. There's a problem. You pray. You prepare. Get your directions, your proofs. Amen? When there's a problem, you do what? You pray. Pray until you encounter God. Pray until an angel comes to sit on the rock. <laughs> pray, until 
pray until, until some supernatural touch happens. Pray until something, something out of ordinary happens. You, 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 you touch the heart of God and God touches your heart. Amen? Pray and then after that is what? Preparation. Cleansing your house. Cleansing your temple. Asking for forgiveness. Tearing down every altar that belongs to Baal. Tear down anything of the devil in the house. Burn anything that belongs to the devil. Forgive. Let go. Move on. And then the next thing, the final thing is what? Make sure you have your proofs. Make sure that when the devil comes to say, who sent you? When he says, who is your authority? By what authority do you do what you do? Then you can remember and say, the Lord met me. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord told me this and that. And you can also say, God, it was you that told me. If you didn't tell me, I wouldn't be here. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? This is how Gideon prepared for chapter 7. In chapter 6, he is called. He says, no, God, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure you want to use me this way. I'm a poor man from a tribe of Manasseh. Amen? But God still uses him anyway. So the first thing is what the calling, and what does he do? Huh? What is the first thing that he does? Huh? Okay. The first thing is that we have a problem, right? We have a problem. There's a problem going on. Bills are not being paid. Uh, uh, some body pain, some things going on. So the first thing is that there's a problem. The second thing is what does he do? Huh? He prays. Okay? And then the third thing is what? He prepares. And then the fourth thing is the what? Proofs. Those are four things. That's how Gideon got himself ready. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? Now, in chapter 7, in chapter 7, we're in for the victory lap. You have prepared. You're ready for the battle to win. You're ready now to exercise to be a winner. Right? You prepared yourself. You got your proofs. You got your directions. The problem is still there. Okay, it's not gone, but you're more than ready. You're anointed. You have talked to God. You have had an encounter. God has touched your heart. You have touched the heart of God. You're ready to go. Can you say praise the Lord somebody? So what happens next? Let's read verse 1 together of chapter 7. Okay, okay, okay. The way you are reading, I fell asleep halfway. Um, now, the Bible says here that Gideon rose. Our theme for the month is Arise, Shine. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Gideon rose. Everybody say rose. Now, in chapter 6, the problem is still there. How can you rise when you have problems? The problem has not been solved yet. He has met God. God didn't kill their enemies for him. God did not destroy the Midianites for him. Rather, God said, you will be used to deliver your people. I will use you, but I'm not doing it myself. 
Lord, why not? It's easier for you to do it yourself. By the time I wake up, they'll all be slain. That's easier to do. No, I'm not doing it for you. You are going to do it. Many times God is saying, I'm not taking this problem away. You, I'm going to use you to deal with that problem. God, please, how can you use me? No, I want to use you. Tell somebody God is using me. Yeah, the way you're saying it, like you don't believe it. Tell somebody God is using me. Amen. God says it's you. You're looking for somebody else? How about you? Did you forget to count yourself? You're looking for somebody else to come help? How about you? Didn't I tell you that my hand is upon your life? Didn't I tell you I will use you? When did I vacate that seat? When did I tell you you're on vacation? When did I tell you you're exempt? You keep looking around. Now you're turning around too. You are that somebody else you've been looking for. We don't like it when God says we're that somebody else. Lord, please use somebody else. says, okay, I'm going to use somebody else. But guess what? The somebody else is you. That's when the battle even becomes more difficult. I'm going to use you because you don't think I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you because you don't feel qualified that I'm going to use you. Because of that, I'm going to use you. But Lord, look at my problems. Big time. I love problems. I love people with problems. Look at the Bible. All my prophets named me one that had no problems. Hallelujah. I love Jeremiah. I love Ezekiel. I love them. Abraham. I love everybody. Everybody got some problems. I love to use people with problems because they know how to believe for miracles. So I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. Sometimes when you go to McDonald's, if up to today, if you wanted to buy a McDonald's franchise, I'm told, to buy a franchise, they don't want inherited money. They want your money. They want your money, your sweat. They like people who know how to sweat. They don't like people who just inherit money. Just receive. Because they know the way you made it before, you're going to make it again. God says, I need you because I know you've been dealing with problems. You just got qualified. Can you say, praise Lord, somebody. Yeah, okay, so, but, but Lord, uh, but please, can, can you, and, and God said to him in chapter 7, he says, well, if you don't want to go by yourself, I want you to go with your servant called Fura. I want you to go with him. Of course, eventually, Gideon goes with Fura. He doesn't go by himself. He said, if you're afraid, go with Fura. Which, so he went with Fura, which implies he was afraid. So God made room for fear. If you're afraid, go with your servant Fura. If you're okay, go by yourself. Well, we find out this guy went with Fura to the camp of the enemy to hear the gossip. To hear what was happening in the camp of the enemy. To hear the dream. To hear that they already have a dream that somebody is coming. A cake of barley was turned into the camp and they scattered everything. They said, that cannot be anything short of Gideon. That's him. 
And God just wanted him to hear that the enemy has heard the sound of victory already. Before your arrival, God has announced your victory. Before the sickness happened, God announced your healing. Before the affliction came, God prepared the victory. Before you got in trouble, God prepared your deliverance. Before you arrived at a point of difficulty, God already prepared a way of escape. And what God is saying, don't be afraid because you have problems. I specialize on using people that got some problem. They won't even clap. Amen. I said amen. I said amen. Now, how do you arise? He said they woke up early. They rose up early in the midst of problems. They still have problems. He even gave. They made sacrifice. The angel accepted the sacrifice, but the problems were not solved in chapter 6. How do you give so much to God and your problems are still not solved? Tithes, offerings, giving, sacrifice, all your time serving the Lord. Lord, I have served you. I've given you everything. What else do you need? And the problem is still not solved. See, I want to use you. Sometimes you're praying for money, and God is saying, pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. The morning you're praying for healing, he is having you intercede for another person with knee joint pain. Meanwhile, you get up in your own pain, having prayed for somebody else with pain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? Now look at me at verse number two. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many. Judges chapter seven. There are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. I don't want anybody to claim tomorrow that they deliver themselves and take credit. I, God, I like to take my own credit. I'm a jealous God. I like to, I like to know that I did it. And I like people telling me that I did it. And I'm not going to position myself to where... Any of these people are going to say that they deliver themselves. Can you say praise the Lord somebody? Now he says, in the process of trimming you sometimes, I'm going to make you feel like it's a lonely road. I'm going to take all your comfort from you. And I'm going to take all those people away. And I'm going to strip you of everything that makes you to believe better. So that you start believing me normal. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? And he, he said, now I'm going to do it myself. This time around, I'm going to help you. He says, verse 3, now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people saying, whoever is fearful, you know, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And how many people return? 22,000. 22,000. They were total how many in the beginning? How many? 32,000 people. That makes you happy. You got a whole world to fight at least something. Because the enemy has a countless number of soldiers, the Bible says. Countless. 
in the camp of the enemy, at least 125,000 some more. And now you have 32,000. And God says it's too many people. I'm going to help you trim it down. Anybody who is afraid needs to go home. Fear, send them home. Anybody that said, oh, thank you, Jesus. We've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm going home. God, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't really think God called me. It was Gideon that called me. And, and now that God didn't really call me, I'm happy. I'm happy to go home. So they went home. How many went home? 22,000. One day. Now, when you were 32,000 and you see 22 walking away, 22,000 people. Think about 22,000 people just walking away. Sugarland is about 50,000 people, population of Sugarland. So think about 32,000, more than half of Sugarland. 22,000 of those, which is about 40, 45% of Sugarland, gone. You wake up one day, more than 40% of Sugarland disappeared. They left. They're not ready to fight. And think about having a crowd of 32,000 people in the plains. And you see this long line of 22,000 people going home. It's very demoralizing. In other words, two-thirds of the people left because they're afraid. Because they're going to be a cog in the wheel. They're going to be a problem. God said, if you're afraid, go. How many left? 10,000. All right, verse 4. And the Lord said unto Gideon, even the 10,000 you have, there's too many people. Bring them down to the water. Let's see. Anybody who kneels to drink will have to go. Anybody who laps like a dog will stay. Because all these kneeling people are not prepared for war. You don't go to war kneeling in the water. You lap quickly with your hand like a dog. You lap quickly and you head on out. Because you don't have time. So out of that number, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, verse 7, by the 300 men that lapped, will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go every man to his own place. God is making the journey more difficult. Sometimes God makes the battle more difficult. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Anything that goes up always comes down. There's always a moment of victory in the life of a child of God. It's just a matter of time. I don't care how things go and how bad things go. There's going to be a moment of miracles happening for every child of God. And that encounter is not a one time only. It keeps happening as we walk with the Lord. So don't you look at yourself. Look at the number. Look at what you have as the definition of your destiny. Because the best is yet to come. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? So God says, okay, so we reduce from 32,000. To what? 300. So that's how much percent? No. It's less than 10%. 32,000. 
10% is 3,000. And this is 300. And not even 320. This is 300. So less than 1%. God says, from your 100%, I need just 1% of what you got to fight this war. I don't need all this because I don't want to give them credit. I don't want them to say they delivered themselves. Sometimes God says, you got too much comfort. You got too much comfort. Let me strip all of this and let your faith work for you. You've been talking about faith? All right, let's see it. See work. But Lord, we can be 32,000 and still see faith. I said no. Uh, not like that. How about 22,000? No. 10? No. At least 1,000 people to make it look nice. No. 300 hungry people. That's who you're going to use against a population of well over 125,000 that the Bible calls countless. Think about it. You, I mean, it looks like a joke. Look at these people like all over the place. And then they look at you. So what's that? Are those soldiers? Who are those? 300? Do these people think we're fools? Even the 300 times didn't have food. One time the battle got so hot, they went begging for food. They went to the men of Sukkoth and Gideon said, please give them bread. So what do you think? What do you think we are? Do you think that these kings are already in your hands for us to give you bread? Ziba and Zalmona? No, we're not giving no bread. He went to Penuel. Can you guys give my people? They're very hungry. No bread. I'm saying these soldiers did not even have food in the middle of a hot pursuit. Low energy fight and no energy fight. Why would God allow things like that to happen? Because he's trying to prove that the Lord delivereth not. It constraineth not the Lord by few or by many. That's what Jonathan said. It constraineth not the Lord. It's not about the number. It does not limit God. Jonathan said to his servant, to save by many or by few, it does not limit God. Constraineth not the Lord or restraineth not the Lord. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? Can you shout hallelujah somebody? Now so he says, if you are rising, don't think that when you arise, everybody follow you. Sometimes you have to arise and be by yourself and answer your name. Because God wants to use you to touch other lives. But if you don't stand, you can't touch their lives. You must stand by yourself. You must develop the ability to stand as a child of God, whether there's anybody to bear witness with you or not. Your faith must be an individual walk. It must be so robust that you're not feeling tired the next week because there's nobody else to pray with you. What if there's nobody to pray with you, so what? God is saying, what if there's nobody to pray with you? Okay, move on. I'm your healer. I'm your deliverer. 
I have set you free. I want you to be a Gideon. I want you to arise like a Gideon. I want you to possess your possessions like a Gideon. I want you to overcome like a Gideon. I want you to know that I've given you authority. I want you to know that I've given you power. I want you to know that you're an overcomer. Yes, you and yourself have anointed you to do what a whole army cannot do. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? Now, verse 9. And it came to pass, the same night the Lord said unto him, do what again? Arise. Everybody say arise. arise. Hmm. Get thee down to the host. For I have delivered it into thine hand. Delivered it, the host. But if thou fear to go down, go with Fura, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then when he down with Fura, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley. I want you to see this. Like what? Grass hoppers for multitude and their camels were without number as sand by the seaside for multitude they were all over the place you talk about camels just name it even God lost count the enemy was so multitudinous. us God lost count all scriptures give my inspiration the Holy Spirit didn't count here he lost count. There were too many at a glance. Later we have a number, but for right now, he says, too many. He said, but I want you to go there. If you're afraid, go with Fura, your servant. I want you to take Fura with you. In Hasa, Fura is, 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 it has to do with milk, cow milk. Even though we call it Fura. But then he says, go with Fura, your servant. Go with somebody. This guy, go with, what is the servant going to do anyway? Go with him. He goes with him. What does that prove? He was afraid. And verse 13, I want you to see this miracle. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley. Cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And this fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand had God delivered Midian and all the host. God sent him and his servant to the outskirts of the camp of the enemy to go hear dreams and hear that even the enemy is already afraid. They have not seen you yet. You talk about authority? They have not seen you yet. They're afraid. Many times people are responding because they're afraid. They're afraid of our God. The snake is afraid. And if the person is afraid, the person also is running. Meanwhile, the snake is afraid. It's first afraid. And the snake is trying to see if you're really going to use your authority, trying to check you out. 
Can you say I praise Lord somebody? Like the devil trying to check us out. Amen? Every week we all get checked out. The enemy trying to check us out. But God wants us to know that the enemy is already afraid. God wants us to know that the battle has been signed, sealed, delivered. The victory, is a victory in your health, victory in your situation is already done. But you have already prepared. See, see Gideon prepared. There's a problem. Then there's preparation. And then there's what? No, there's prayer. And then there's preparation. And then there are proofs. So he's standing tough. In spite of that, God says to him, just in case you're afraid, I want you to know, young man, that you got Fura. Take him with you. 300 men against an innumerable host. What you say? Think about it. Psychologically, people just be intimidated. It's enough to intimidate. Many times the camp of the enemy is enough to intimidate. Just like Goliath and David. Imagine David standing. And Goliath, 13 feet tall. This guy is probably 5 feet 4 or something, David. Typically the average Middle Eastern is about 5'4", five, 5'6", five, 5'8". Five, in that neighborhood. If that be the case, that's about his height. But Saul was a very tall one. We know about that. Head and shoulders above everybody else. But look at him standing and just remembering that it's not by might, it's not by power, it is by his spirit. It doesn't matter by few or by many. It restraineth not the Lord. I want to look for that scripture. Someone help me out. It was Jonathan. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel 14 and verse 6. Can we all stand and read that with boldness? First Samuel 14 and 6. What does it say? And Jonathan said to the young man. Jonathan said to the young man, yes. That bear his armor. Yes, his Come. armor bearer. And let us go over unto the garrison of this uncircumcised. Yes. It may be that the Lord will walk for us. Yes. For there is no restraint. There is the no restraint. Everybody say there is no restraint. There is no restraint. There is no restraint to the Lord. Go ahead. To save by what? By few. By many or by few. Thank you, Lord. Please remember that scripture. The Lord gave it to me one morning. I think it was on the 30th of March. I woke up in the morning and said, There's no restraint. There's no limitation. God is not hampered. You may be seated. God is not delayed. God is not weakened by few or by many. There is no restraint for the Lord. So go in the name of the Lord and possess your possessions. The way to remember that scripture is like John 14, 6. So if you remember John 14, 6, you remember 1 Samuel 14, 6. Okay, be easy to remember. 
They are restraining not the Lord. When you get up in the morning, just know that one is a multitude with the Lord. One is a multitude with the Lord. You are many. You are many. Amen. You may look like you're one in the morning, but you're many in the name of Jesus. There's a whole host of soldiers around you. Like in the case of Elisha, we know that for a fact. Amen. Now let's go on. We're on chapter 7 of Judges chapter 7. Verse what? 15. And it was so that when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Do what again? I can hear you. Do what again? Arise. For the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Arise because the battle is won. It's won already. That's faith. I was coming this morning and said, God was saying to me, the Holy Spirit was saying to me, he said, he said, he said look, without faith, nothing moves. Without faith, nothing moves. We have to exercise faith in him. The prayer of faith shall what? Save the sick. Heal the sick. If they have any sins, they shall be forgiven. Faith, we must believe him. God wants people to trust him. God doesn't like people not trusting him. Amen? Now, in that scripture, Gideon announces, and he says, the Lord hath delivered the host of Midian. They are ours. It's done. He divides his camp into three. A hundred, hundred, hundred. He said, do what I do. When I blow the trumpet, blast the trumpet. When I break the peaches, break the peaches. Whatever you see me or hear me do, do it. And they began to send the sound waves. It's just like South Korea will send sound waves to North Korea. Sound booms. I mean loud sound booms. I mean shaking up a whole country. Sonic booms, thank you, sonic and, 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 and they're mad. They're so mad, you wake up all over the place. They heard the sound of this trumpet. And remember when the anointing comes, the trumpet sounds louder. Oh, it sounds louder. It intimidates. Sound all over the place. Ba-dum, ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-dum. Oh, my goodness. 300 men are causing such havoc. How much more you? And I, he that is in us is greater than the devil that's in the world. I hear the Lord saying, there's need for a relaxed understanding of my power. You see, I just received that from the Lord. Relaxed understanding of my power. And, and oh, thank you, Father. It makes such a difference that it's not a whipped up emotion. That you are not relating to his power or his presence or his glory as a, an emotional walk out. This is not a walk out. It's a walk in. A relaxed what? What did you say? Yes. Relaxed. You know, so that when you move into a situation, he moves in with you. Not because you have the absolutism of physical manifestation. 
you may not have an iota of proof that he's even present at all. You may not know it. But your audacity, what makes you thick and what makes you what makes you unstoppable, super engaged is the fact that there is an inordinate manifestation from your inside of an of of an inexplicable Praise God. Something in you is moving you where something and everything outside of you is moving against you. And you are not moved. Your feet are steady. Your feet are not moved. You are not shaken. Nothing is making you weary. And you are not counting on somebody to call you to encourage you. You are standing because something in you is standing. Taller than you. Your inside is busy. Your inside is so busy, your outside is empty. Your inside is so full of him, your outside makes no difference. Your healing is so pronounced on the inside, the pain don't make no difference. You all stay with me? Then you can stand taller than men see. And you can walk longer than men imagine. And you can climb higher than men can ever reason. Because there's something in you bigger than you. And you have allowed that somebody that is in you to overwhelm you to the point of drunkenness. And a drunken man don't have all the senses at their disposal. That's when God gets happy. So much so on the day of Pentecost, they said, these men are drunk. They are so full. They are so out of it. That the only thing we can say about them is drunkenness. Can God get us drunken in the morning with his power, with his glory? Can he feel us? Can he overwhelm us? Can he get us going? Yes, why not? Gideon arose in the morning. We need to arise when? In the morning. Today I arose at 3.30 in the morning to pray, to seek him for the week. Because that's where my strength comes from. Seek him up till 6 o'clock. Get me a bite at 6. Can you shout praise Lord somebody? Two and a half hours is not a waste of my time. It's better two and a half hours with him than two and a half hours on the road trying to resolve problems. Like that guy that tried to get in my lane. I was driving this morning and some guy tried to get in my lane. Some, some, um, some talk. How do you know? 
messing with you. Some truck trying to get my lane. I, you know me? When I'm driving, I'm driving like God is there with me. Got a swagger. He is. Not like. He's there. Right? See, my car is my friend. I say, well, you don't know my friend, man. He's ready to move. We're about to move. I'm about to show you something. No church members are here right now. I'm about to show you something. If they were here, they'd be praying for me. Pastor, slow down. They'd be wanting me to drive like a Christian. But right now, this man trying to mess my lane. Praise the Lord, somebody. I looked to him on the right. I didn't say a word because I don't curse. I don't do nothing. I looked to him and, you know, I said, I'm about to show you. That's all I need to do. And my friend took off. Hallelujah. My faith car took off because, I mean, that car can tear down demons. I'm telling you, they know that car. When I'm coming like this, they declare the move away. Can you shout praise Lord somebody? Because somebody was driving with me. And this guy tried to mess with my lane. I even tried to honk at him. Look, I don't look for no trouble. Mind your business. So I mind my business. He didn't want to mind his business. He was still coming very close to me. I went calm, palm. He didn't. I said, okay. And we took off. I looked in the rear mirror. I said, okay, all right, there you go. That's where it's supposed to be. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? That's how we deal with the devil. Step on the accelerator when the devil trying to mess with you. Don't even talk to him. Don't even mess him. Give him that bad look and say, okay, I'll see you later. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I'm on my way. I mean, that's the way to mess with Satan because you got it. I'm not trying to mess with no devil. I don't have time for Satan. Tell somebody, I don't have time for Satan. You know, like the basketball of... Uh, was that yesterday they were playing that basketball? The Wildcat? Villanosa? Is that, what's their name? Villanova. Ha! Huh? What seed is Villanova? What seed? No, what seed? No, 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 they're not second seed. They were, they were playing with the second seed. Second seed was Oklahoma. Oklahoma was number two. But Villanova was number something, way behind. Okay? Huh? Like 10 or something, exactly. Way behind there. Man, they pulled a shock, a history, and a surprise. Oh, my goodness. It was a blowout. Never underrate a child of God. Because they might be ready for a blowout. Can you shout praise Lord somebody? The underdog, for some reason, people always think the underdog is not going to perform. Wait, so when God reduces your army, he makes you an underdog. Like, and then let everybody just sit down and think you're done. Over. And God says in the morning, arise. Tell somebody, arise. Come on. A miracle is about to happen. Tell somebody, come on, arise. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. I feel that God is about to do something. Arise. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Things cannot continue the way they've been going because there's a miracle that's about to happen. Yeah. 
Needless to say, Gideon defeated. Uh, verse 22. Now verse 20. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers. And held the lambs in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place, ran about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. All the hosts, they haven't fought yet. Just sound. The sound of music. Sound. Terrified them. And they stood every man in his place, ran about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. Even throughout all the host, they began to kill themselves. Confusion. In the camp of everybody that hates you, they began to kill themselves. They flew, the host fled to Bethshita in Zerirath and to the border of Abel-Mahola unto Tabath. And a man of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. Wow. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all man Ephraim saying, Come down against the Midianites and take before them the waters unto Bethbara and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Bethbara and Jordan. And they took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb. And they slew Oreb on the rock, Oreb. And Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb. And pursued Midian. And brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon. On the other side, Jordan. And that's not the end. But that's the end for today. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Arise in the morning. Tell yourself there's something left that you have. Tell yourself there's something good that you still have. Every morning, wake up with a joy, with an excitement. Make yourself happy when there's no reason to be happy. Remember something. Tell yourself a story. If you don't feel good, find something good. If you don't feel happy, find something happy about yourself. And if you can't find anything, look in the mirror and see how beautiful you are. Oh, how handsome you are. We're wonderfully and fearfully made, the Bible says. There's something good about you. Can you shout praise Lord, somebody? Everything is not lost because you're still alive. Long as you're alive, all is not lost. Something good is going to happen in that situation. Some miracle is going to be made manifest. I don't care how. God is going to do it. I said, God is going to do it. Don't let your morning disappear on you. Morning is very important. How you start your day is very important. When you wake up, start with him. And then let him fill us with joy. Have enough 
rocket boosters for your launch. So that when you launch forth, like Pesos is doing now, his vessels go up and they come back vertical. He's been so happy. They've done four or so, they're very successful. The founder of Amazon. In the same way, may God cause us to go against the enemy and come back vertical and land safely because of his anointing. Amen? Rocket boosters are very important for the morning. Don't be cloud your morning. Don't start gloomy. Don't start with complaints. Don't start your morning with people on your mind. Don't talk negative stuff in the morning. I was meeting with some business executives yesterday, and I said to the headman, I said, you can't have negative energy around you. He said, yes, I can't. It's a Muslim, but he believed what I said. He said, yes, I can't. Amen? You can't move the day with negativity. Negatives don't add up. They've never added up. Negatives never add up. I'm telling you, they never add up. They always subtract. Huh? Four minus four is what? Huh? Minus four minus four is what? Huh? Minus four minus four is what? Okay, how many say zero? Two? How many say minus eight? How many say not too sure? When you're already on minus four, and you add minus four, huh? you know minus is so powerful that when you have minus four plus minus four, even if you put the minus four in parentheses and bracket, as they say, the minus knocks out the plus. Can you imagine that? He knocks it out. Say, no, I'm, I'm the one. So minus four minus four is not zero. So you are, you are eight points further away from zero. You were four points before. Now, because you started your day negative, you, you are now eight. Eight points away from where you were, behind. Because you started your day negative. You don't have strength. It's low energy for the rest of the day. You don't have energy for nothing. Fever comes, you take it. Pain, you take. Everything you take. Insult, you take. Bad phone call, you can't even tell the difference you take. Because you've been in negative territory. Minus here, this is not zero. Look, any account that is minus is loss of money. You don't get a loan with minus account. Nobody thinks they can trust your credit with a minus. You go to a bank, you have minus something in your account. They say, oh, sorry, we can't do anything right now. Why? They want you to make sure that minus is gone first before they make that change you're talking about. Ask which a banker? She knows. So nobody wants to deal with minus. Okay, in the spiritual realm, is the same thing. Minuses don't add up. They don't add up. 
I'm telling you, they do not add up. Don't add minuses to your day. Start your day positive. Find something. Talk like David. The Lord delivered me before. Before he delivered me from the lion. And he delivered me from the bear. So I know that this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of my deliverances. Amen. Well, he said that everybody else was negative. And I'm telling you, the world is not moved by negative people. It's moved by positive people. And I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about faith people. Positive thinking is rubbish. I'm talking about faith thinking. Faith has a person. Positive thinking has theory. In faith, I'm dealing with a person. In positivity, I'm dealing with ideas. One can sustain every situation supernaturally. The other has natural consequences. It's good for the natural, but it doesn't go beyond the natural. Amen. So when you speak, when the Father, when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking with audacity of heaven because he's able to do it. He sees it. Elijah says, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Why? Because he is heavenly connected. It wasn't just being positive. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we have to stay positive because they that are with us, you have to know that somebody is with you. What do you mean? I am connected with the almighty God. I have been given the rights, legal rights, to become a child of God. Nobody can take that from you. The devil can't take that from you. Nobody can steal that from you. I should stand to your feet to give a lot of big clap offering today. 